Welcome to the Writer Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. Hola. And Larry Korea. I didn't think of anything to say. Oh. Well, at least you're here. Today's episode Conventions I Barely. All right. Welcome back to the Writer Dojo. Glad to be back with you again. Uh, so, Larry, today, I just got back from a convention. And so what I wanted for us to talk about today, you and I, we've been to hundreds of conventions. Hundreds like. of conventions, literally. Um, and together, I mean, you and I attending the same cons together, uh, it's been dozens and dozens. Yeah. For us. Easily. And we're often on the same panels and stuff like that. However, we weren't always the guys on the panels talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's kind of like, you mean there's like different levels. There's different levels to these conventions. And so this is going to be kind of a... A part one, and there'll be a part two later where we talk about conventions. The one I want to focus on today, though, Larry, is um, more or less when you go to a convention for your first time, second time, whatever, what is it that you should be trying to get out of the experience? Yeah, because there's kind of like this um, evolution as you go in your career of what you get out of this stuff when you're first starting out and you're a total noob and what you're getting out of it after you're experienced and what you're getting out of it once you're the, the, the rock star of it. So it's all, it's a very different thing. So I guess we'll, let's start out at the beginning. It's like, it's like a Pokemon evolution. Right. Okay. My first convention. So you're just a, like the little cute Pokemon yep. at this time. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the starter Pokemon. You know, there's always, there's always two or three, right? Uh, I'm the, I'm, we're the starter ones. Um, my first convention was in 2006 and it was Worldcon, very first one I ever went to. And I went there, this was when, um, Brandon was nominated for the Campbell Award when Brandon oh, Sanderson wow. for Elantris. Yeah. And that Campbell Award, so you guys know, is best new writer. So this is Brandon Sanderson, who's now one of the most famous writers on earth. Mm-hmm. So this one, he was brand new. Yep. And he lost. <laughs> Who'd he lose to? John Scalzi. <laughs> Now, we laugh. We laugh. Now, here, here's what I will say, just so that no one can ever accuse me of being impartial. Um, Scalzi's first book is actually all right. Yeah, to be fair. It's Old Man's War yeah. is a solid read. It's, uh, it's very popcorn fiction. It's Robert Heinlein. Yeah. Pastiche. Uh, yep, I was going to say pastiche. Um, you know, as far as, as far as kind of that genre and kind of the... The super fast-paced, light world-building um, uh, military fiction. I think I think Nick Cole and um, and uh, his co-author, what's his name? I can't. Uh, Jason, oh, Jason. Jason. Yeah, and Spatch. Um, I think they do it better. Oh, um, yeah. By by quite a wide margin. Yeah. Um, but all that said, so that was Scalzi. It was it, Old Man's War was it was a fun was a fun read. Um, it, the sequels not so much. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so my first con, okay. I go to world con. This was the first time I'd ever seen anyone cosplaying. It was a dude, a really large dude dressed as slave Leia. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so, you know, my, my first experience. And I remember thinking perhaps I'm in the wrong place. Um, I was in the wrong place as it turns out, but, uh, anyway, so it was a very weird experience. Um, and at the time, uh, Worldcon had a bit more credibility than it does now. Oh yeah, they flushed it down the toilet. They completely flushed it down the toilet in the mid. I would probably say from 2012 on. 
Um, I mean, probably earlier, really, but it, all realistically speaking, 2012 on. Um, especially 2013 with the event that shall not be named. Oh, of course not. So, um, and I attended that one personally. Um, and if later on we decide we want to have an episode about that we, experience. One of these days, guys, we'll have an episode about that. We'll, we'll talk about it because I was at that Worldcon in 2013 when when mine and Larry's plan blew up. When people were sticking pins into the voodoo doll of Larry Korea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, anywho, cons are very weird. It was my first experience. And to be clear, I'd never been to any of our local cons before. Nothing. Zero. But I went. Brandon, uh, Brandon Sanderson talked me into it. Um, that's where I met Dan Wells for the first time. Uh, that's where I met Jim Mintz for the first time. Oh, good uh, dude. I attended his coffee clutch. So, and we'll talk about a lot of these things. Cons are weird. You go there and, and I think that when you're, when you're kind of a newbie, this is the first time you've been, even if it's the first couple you've been to, you don't know what to expect. No. And also uh, what you're going to get out of it, because some cons, um, are more oriented to different types of things than others. And so I think for when you're the starter Pokemon and you're just launching your career, you're just the Squirtle or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't play Pokemon. I'm actually not. I'm making this stuff. I, my, one of my kids did. I'm just no, kind of trying to remember. You got it right. But if you're the little cute one and uh, you're, you're going to this stuff, um, the various types of cons, um, there's what's considered literary cons, writer cons. So they're cons that are very writer oriented. And of those, some are either fanish where it's all about people coming and just hanging out with the authors and others where it's a little more writer con where you're there to learn to be more of a writer. Those usually are the ones that you get the best bang for your buck as far as the knowledge. Networking, however, um, is, is both. And then there's other types of cons that aren't necessarily writer cons, um, but they have a writer component to them. Um, there used to be some good ones that were game cons, but they had a really good writing track, but yeah. then like all things that go woke it they implode. Um, but there's, um, I'm trying to think, then there's like your, your big mega cons, like your, 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 um, your San Diego comic con. Yeah. See, in San, like San Diego comic con, I would not recommend for a writer just cause it yeah. is so super, just kind of Hollywood media driven. However, I would recommend like Salt Lake city fan X, yeah. which is also a comic con and it's a big extravaganza. There's thousands of people in costume and the big party and all that stuff. However, it's also got a really big writing track. So mm-hmm. there's quite a few writers in there talking about writing. Yeah. Another one, um, like is Dragon Con, which is a huge, crazy Mardi Gras party. Uh, it's nerd Mardi Gras in Atlanta. However, it also has an it, um, amazing writing component too. I, at the time, Worldcon capped it like, oh gosh, I think there was, I don't even think that one in 2006 had 5,000 attendees. So it's still fairly small. It's huge compared to now though. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's gone down. Um, but at the time, the whole point of, of that convention, at least what they said it was, is that it was a con specifically for people who wanted to become writers. But they also kind of, I don't know, towed the line or straddled the line because there were a lot of panels where it was, um, Joe Schmo author who was, who was super big and it was just the panel about him and his work. Right. And so it kind of had a lot of that fan kind of element to it. Now it was my first one. And so I went to both cause I, I just, I wanted to know what was up. The fan panels were complete wastes of time, frankly. Um, and 
I think that that's mainly because the person running the panel, well, it wasn't even really a panel, it was more of an interview. The person running the, do, interviewing the other author was just asking stupid fan questions instead of, so, okay. So if, if you and I were at a, at a convention together and I was interviewing you um, in terms of, 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 of all your career and stuff, rather than just say, wow, that was really cool that Monster Hunter came out, Larry. And you're like, yeah, it totally was, Steve. Like, those are stupid panels that have no bearing on anything. You know, actually, so when I'm a guest of honor or the, like one of the big haunt, <clears throat> big main guests at one of these events, uh, for those panels, I always uh, don't have a moderator. I don't get an interviewer. And what I usually do is I'll go out, and but most authors don't do this, guys, but I'll go out and I'll look at the room and I'll, and I'll hey, by raise of hands, what are you guys here for? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I, I, I never prepare. I never prepare anything ever. And so I'll go out there and I'll ask people what they're into, what they want to talk about. I'll usually have whatever spiel I want to give. And then I'll just take tons of questions from mm-hmm. the audience because the audience questions are almost always valuable. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you got one interviewer, you got that kind of thing. I don't know if, if I find when I go to cons like that, I, I look at the stuff that I'm back when this was starting out for me, I looked at the stuff that I needed to know more about yep. even today. Like when I go to events, um, if there's a topic there that is some sort of newer thing that I have no idea what it's about, I will go listen. Um, when I went, I went to, uh, the 20 books in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. which was very business oriented. I really liked that a lot. Um, I actually was there to teach classes. Um, but I was able to attend whatever I felt like. And so I attended several things that was really interesting because there was like niche things. It was business stuff that I personally like didn't know anything about, or there were new types of marketing, uh, new types of networking stuff, uh, indie publishing stuff, which is not my, I mean, cause I am, my indie publishing knowledge is a decade out of date. Right. And so I would say when you're going to these events, look at where the holes in your knowledge are and then see if there's stuff there that can fill those gaps. Right. Now, when, when I started, I mean, filling the holes in my knowledge, I mean. Well, it was all of it. It was just a giant hole. There, a, there, were, there were no in-between It was pieces. just a big donut. <laughs> it, was just, it was a big donut where the, I mean, where the, the part that you're eating didn't exist either. It was just a vapid, empty donut. Um, I, I, I knew nothing. At the time, I was working at the bookstore. And, and I think I've talked about this a little bit before. Yeah, because you learn a lot of writing by osmosis if mm-hmm. you spend if you're a reader. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I I was at the um, uh, I was at the Walden Books at the time, um, and at the time we were the number one ranked Walden Books in the country. And I would go up to different people and say, "Hey, look, yeah, I want to be a writer, but I'm I work at this bookstore. That's the number one ranked one in the country, so." Would you be interested in what, what are some of the books that you want to, that you want to push? So talking to agents and editors and stuff, it was really easy to approach them. Yeah. That, that's actually kind of cool that you had that, uh, that, that angle mm-hmm. to, to work well, there. And that's how I met Jim. Yeah. Okay. Now here's how I met Jim Mintz. Jim Mintz, editor at Bain, one of mine and Larry's favorite people. Um, you know, we've, we, we've roomed with him at Gen Con, you know, he's taken us to many a meal. Many a dinner, played a lot of RPGs with him. I went to RPGs. London with him. Yeah. Jim is freaking great. And he, he is one of the guys who basically discovered Steve Erickson. Okay. Brought him over to tour back in yield and times when long time when ago, Jim was in that realm. Yeah. Jim was a noob. Anyway, I wanted to meet Jim Mintz because I was like, man, if this guy found Steve Erickson, he must have pretty good taste. And it turns out I was right. Um, so I attended a coffee clutch 
Now, Larry, explain what a coffee clutch is to people. A coffee clutch is a thing that's usually limited attendance, so you'll need to sign up for it. Um, and it's one author or, or one of the guests mm-hmm. who is some sort of professional. And then they usually put you at a table, like like in some sort of like restaurant area or, you know, lunch area. And they'll put you at a table with usually like 10 other people-ish, I, I think is what they cap, 10, maybe 15 people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a quiet, intimate discussion. Where basically you there as the professional, are you're just going to get asked questions uh, in a pretty uh, casual environment for these people who really want to learn. So sometimes you get like people who are just fans and they just yeah, want to hang out and course. listen to you talk. But a lot of times it's people who want to learn from you and they want to learn. And so you'll have these coffee clutches with writers where people want to learn how you do certain things. Or they'll have editors uh, where people are going to try to pitch stuff to them. Yep. Uh, they're going to have, you know, publishing houses. They're going to have marketing people. Um and they're going to have all these different things where they're going to have one expert person. And it's just a, so if you can sign up for a coffee clutch with somebody that you think is really interesting and cool, do it. And also some of them will surprise you if it's something you think you don't really know who they are, but it's somebody who you think might have some knowledge. Sometimes it's actually really worth it because it's also great networking because there's only like 10 people. It's usually, because honestly guys, I'll, I'll say is when you're the, when you're the person up there in front and you meet like. 300 people that day and you shook 300 hands, you don't remember anybody as far as networking. That's impossible. Your brain can't keep up. Coffee clutch is a little more intimate. You know, you get to talk to people a little more. So, um, we've talked about professional bearing though. Coffee clutch is definitely one where if you're a dork, they're going to remember you too. That's right. So don't, don't be pushy. Don't be rude. Don't be like, why haven't you bought my book yet? Yeah. <laughs> I submitted to your slush pile six months ago and I haven't heard anything. Don't be that guy. That guy, everybody <laughs> hates that guy. Like you and 10,000 other people have put something in the slush pile oh, at, at that least, time. at least. Now, the interesting thing is um, if you, as, as the newbie author, if you comport yourself in a much more professional way and you ask intelligent questions in these settings and stuff, you can actually make that contact. And that person, the Jim Minces or whatever, will remember you. Absolutely. Now, Jim doesn't remember me. I wasn't there to, to ask him about writing stuff because at the time, I didn't even know what I didn't even know yet. Well, you hadn't written hardly anything I had, yet. I hadn't, I'd written zero yeah, in so 2006. You ain't pitching nothing if you got nothing. Um, exactly. However, you know, I had questions for him because I was interested in, in his thought process as to why he why he finds certain things really good and why he doesn't and stuff. And and he and I have talked about that since, and, and, and obviously now it's a whole different ballgame for me. Um, but I, I think that what this does is this, this shows you just how, um, how much you can learn at a convention in very different ways. Now, when we come back, we'll delve a little bit deeper into it. Um, I know we want to talk networking about networking. Networking and Barcon. Networking and Barcon. And Lunch, so, LunchCon. That's right. Um, if, if you don't drink, then it's like root beer con or something. Whatever. We'll be right back. The war between Al Masia and the Empire of Colacovia is in its hundredth year. Casualties grow on both sides as the conflict leaves no corner of the world untouched. Valerian Glaskov's quiet life on the fringes of the Empire is thrown into chaos when an impossible tragedy strikes his village. When he is conscripted into the Tsarist military, he is sent to serve in The Wall, an elite regiment that pilots suits of armors made from the husks of dead goblins. But the Great War is not the only, or even the worst, danger facing Valerian. 
as he is caught in a millennia old conflict between two goddesses. He must survive the ravages of trench warfare, horrific monsters from another world, and the treacherous internal politics of the country he serves. New military fantasy from Master of Horror Steve Diamond and international bestseller Larry Korea. On sale March 1st, 2022 on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Pick up or reserve your copy today. All right, we're back. Okay, Larry. Let's talk about connections and bar con and lunch cons. Yeah, so the uh, there there's two levels of networking at conventions. There's the the regular official level where you go to these things and you kind of, you know, hang out at events and you talk to people in the hall and uh, you listen to the panels and you go to the coffee clutches and that kind of thing. Then there's BarCon. Uh, that's usually after hours when people are just sitting around and uh, a lot of books have been pitched to editors because somebody bought them a drink. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> human beings were social. We make conversation. Uh, once again, don't be the weird pushy stalker. Um, or lunch con. Hey, it's like, Hey, you know, I, I think every panel, every, uh, convention I've ever gone to at some point I wind up having lunch with, you know, it's not an official schedule event, but I just got to eat food between panels. Mm -hmm. And I usually wind up with like 10 or 15 fans that were just whoever was there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we wind up eating lunch together at whatever is the most convenient thing. And, you know, you get to pick a lot of people's brains that way. I've had some great conversations when I was starting out, um, Really well, good information from well, people. Well, remember, that way. actually, um, the convention that you and I met, LTUE back well, yeah, in we like ate, we ate lunch together. early 2009 or something yeah, like that. A long or, time ago, yeah. Maybe it was 2008. I don't know. Somewhere yeah, it was in there. 2008. It, was, um, it wasn't lunch. It was dinner. We oh. went, we, me and you, um, our buddy Paul Janesse, and like 18 million other people. Did we eat Italian? We ate an Italian yeah, place? Yeah, we ate at Carabas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great Italian place if you're in downtown Provo, by the way. Yeah, it's a good, good place. Um, pretty good Italian. Good pork chops. Anywho, um, you and I just ended up sitting together. And um, I think, had I already interviewed you? I think maybe I'd already interviewed you. I think that, that might have been the con. You might have interviewed me even that day or maybe the next yeah. day. And then we ended up sitting next to each other. And that was when you and I really just, we were just chatting. We we're just talking. Yeah. And that was when we both discovered, of course, as, as we, as we alluded to in our, in our very, very first episode, um, we gave each other the secret accountant handshake and all of a sudden we were best of buds. Yeah. Once we both discovered we were both accountants, yeah. then we like stopped talking about books and just started talking about our accounting jobs. Yeah. It was, <laughs> but it's, you never know is my well, point. Cause though, for the networking perspective from that moment on, so you're still new guy and I was medium new guy. You know, I had a, what? I think two, you had... One, one or two books out. Yeah, I think I had one out and like one or two hundred contracts. So yeah. I, I was kind of new. I, I was very new and you were like mm-hmm. total new. I was new, new, new. Well, but then career-wise, how much have we done together over the years since? So much. I mean, yeah. uh, apart from the whole writing stuff that we do together, we yeah. we literally, our day jobs were together for a year and a half. Yeah. We, we worked together for a long time after this because this is just the power of networking. Yeah. And so honestly, the, I find the most valuable thing at these conventions is not the official stuff. It's the unofficial stuff. It's the hanging out. It's the yeah. being yourself, being cool. And you want to be yourself because if you really want to network, you don't want to be fake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the old uh, LDS saying is be yourself, but be your better self. Right. <laughs> so, you know, right. you know, be, the, you know, be good. Um, uh, the example I wanted to tell you, this is something I mentioned over the break was uh, uh, the, my Dave Butler story. Okay. So uh, we love Dave Butler and Dave yeah. Butler now is pretty successful author. He's written. Uh, he's read. He's, he's. Uh, the, the thing that I love about Dave Butler's writing is he, 
he brings a little – it's almost like the, the hard science fiction authors that bring their intelligence into their, into their writing. He does that, but for, for fantasy. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Dave is a history nut, yeah. um, and he is hardcore intellectual, like, yeah. but he's like a, a down-to-earth, practical dude. Uh, which And uh, so Dave gets like deep into the weeds of philosophical stuff, but he still writes these fun, mm-hmm. action-y books. So I love Dave. But um, so when Dave was first starting out, he was smart. He looked, he, and Dave was a lawyer, you know, he had this business background and he looked at this con and he's like, you know, I really want to get in there and really get to know these writers, but I, and and find out what to do. But I I want to kind of like not go through the sea of, you know, stuff I don't know what to do with. And like all these panels, I don't know if they're any good. So Dave found out where the green room was, where the writers hang out, like between panels, so eating lunch or whatever. Okay. He went to a sandwich shop and bought like $200 worth of sandwiches. He bought like this giant jumbo thing of of subs, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was one of the, the sub place there was in Provo. Oh, the one right behind? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, Dave comes sensuous in with like- Sensuous sandwiches is yeah, what it's like called. Sensuous sandwich. It's amazing. It's actually a good sandwich. So Dave comes in with like $200 worth of subs. And just like, of course, no one's going to turn away the guy who's walking up with armfuls of subs. Uh And uh, so he wound up hanging out in the green room like all day, just feeding authors subs. Good play. And getting to know people. Yeah. And he's a really good friend of mine now, but I'm pretty sure that's the first time I ever met Dave. And and here's a further example, because this one, he was brand new starting out. A further example of this from the same guy, it just shows the power of hustle events. So I knew Dave at this point and I had done some stuff with him in Utah and I really liked him, you know, and he wasn't just because he bought me sandwiches. We actually wound up hanging out afterwards. Um, and we were at another con. I can't remember what a con it was. And, uh, Tony Weisskopf was there who now publishes Dave. So the first time Dave ever met Tony, I didn't introduce him because I missed, I missed the chance to introduce him by about 15 minutes. Cause what happened is Tony had an event in the morning where it was just like, Hey, Tony Weisskopf needs to exercise. So she's going for a walk. If anybody would like to walk with Tony Weisskopf, <laughs> the editor in the morning during this con, you know, show up at the parking lot at this time. Oh, man. So Dave did. Smart man. So Dave went for a walk with Tony Weisskopf and then, and, and he introduced himself and talked to her and, 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 you know, he stands out cause he's like six foot eight. Yeah. I used to say that I wasn't the best writer, but I was the tallest writer. And then Dave came along. I know. Uh, but then they, as, as they were getting back from the walk, I saw Dave and I saw Tony. I was like, oh, hey, Tony. Cause I, you know, I know it's Tony super good. And I was like, hey, Tony, this is Dave Butler. And, and, and Tony's like, I just talked to Dave. <laughs> and so that just shows the, and he now writes there. He writes for her, but that just kind of shows the power of networking, getting yourself out there, getting known that you're, a, you know, uh, an approachable, normal human being that these people could work with. You know, my, my story with Tony was, it was that Worldcon we went to, I think that was 2011, the Reno one. Oh right? yeah. The one where I decided to burn it all down. Yeah. Yeah. It was after, <laughs> it, was, it was on our, it was on our way home that we decided that. Because I was so, inc- I came out of there so disillusioned and heartbroken and disgruntled that I was mm-hmm. like, I have been lied to my entire life and now they must pay. Right. <laughs> now. Yeah. And we'll have a whole episode. We'll about have that. a whole episode. Um, but when we got to that convention, we drove there and, um, we're in the, we're in the kind of the, the main, co- the main convention area and we're just sitting there. It's me and you. And I feel like there were a couple other people. With I us. can't even remember now. But all of a sudden this lady. I remember com- we wrecked the rental car and you were the only one that pitched in. 
Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I rented a car and I was oh, paying yeah. for it. It was on my card. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And then somebody hit the rental car in the parking lot and tore yeah. it up. And it was like a big bill to pay for the rental car. Oh. And you were the only one of the guys that oh. we were sharing that car. You oh. were the only one that chipped in. Well, again, this is the- That's why I forgot everybody else. This is this is the value of networking, people. Um, if, if, you're, <laughs> if you're a good person and, you know, you happen to be around somewhere where someone's car gets wrecked and- <laughs> and you help pay them off. They remember, well, the, hypothetically speaking. The rental was in my name and everybody yeah. else who I was driving around, they didn't, yeah. they, they, I didn't see a word, but Steve, Steve chipped in oh, money. Jeez. Yep. I forgot all about that. Yep. I, I remember, I remember. You want to talk about character? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you and I are sitting there. We're just chilling. I think we've checked in. Um, and this lady comes over and sits down next to us and starts talking to you. And I'm like, what the crap? who's this lady to muscle in and get on our conversation? And then, and you said, oh, Steve, this is Tony Weisskopf, the head honcho <laughs> at Bain. And I swiftly said, oh, so actually I'm the outsider. Okay. And, and I went to introduce myself. I said, oh, hey, Tony, my, I'm Steve Diamond. Um, you know, at the time, uh, I ran Alita's book reviews. And she goes, oh, yeah, I know you. Um, she's like, yeah, you wrote this review and this review and this review. Uh, and, and she, rem- she remembered these things and that was my first exposure to Tony Weisskopf. Um, and since then, um, every conversation I've had with her has been wonderful. Um, she gave me my first professional edit on a short story, but it all goes back to you as the newbie person. How are you comporting yourself? How are you acting to people? Are you being, as Larry's put it, the weird psycho stalker or are you being the person that is, um, that has class, has character? Um, and, and I'm not saying you don't have, I'm not saying you can't be yourself and be a little weird because we're all weird to oh, one no, degree it's, it, or another. When I say, when I say professional, it's by writer standards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> did you take a shower that morning? Yes, please guys. Just shower. Don't, don't be gross. If here's what I will say. Uh, if, if you're a newbie author, um, or, or a wannabe author, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's a few items on the checklist that will set you apart from everyone else at the convention. Um, especially if you're, um, going to these coffee clutches where you're meeting people or you're going to, to these beginner panels where you want to learn things and you're meeting the authors after, um, maybe you're a little bit further along and you're going to pitch sessions where you can pitch your, your novel and stuff like that. Um, very valuable. All All those are very good depending on the person you're pitching to. Um, if if you dress just a smidge nicer than the average, you trim, you trim yourself up yeah, a little bit. Don't look like a slob. Don't don't look like, you know, like you just went out gardening that morning. Because this is not officially a job interview, but think of it in the way you would think of a job interview because it kind of is in that these are the people that you hope to work with in the future. Yeah. And so try to conduct yourself in that manner. And you know, this is something we've been, we've been coming at this from a traditional perspective, but for, even from the indie perspective, when you go to an event that's primarily indie authors, and so basically you are your own boss, so you're not, you know, doing that. These are still people that you might want to work with in the future or team up with. Yeah. We talked about in the collaboration episode, this is the time you meet potential collaborators. Yep. Uh, this is the time where... Uh, you meet other people that you're going to invite to anthologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys are going to like do projects, because if you've met somebody and they're a complete weirdo, you're not going to invite them to be in a in a project. Well, and and you and I have be- both met those people. Oh yeah, we've, we've seen those people. We've had those people come in and talk to us. Um, and and there's this mental checklist where I might not remember the guy's name, 
But as soon as I see their picture, I know exactly who it is. And it's like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not inviting that dude. Or I'm not inviting that gal anymore. Um, yeah. I'm not going to deal with that. No, because here's the thing. Cause when I'm running a project, whether I'm the editor or whatever, and I'm running a project and I think that this person is going to cause drama in my life and make my project not fun to do and cause me more work and hours. Uh, I'm going to, because here's the thing. I, I got 10 other people who are, you know, they're capable of doing it too. And I don't have to deal with any of their weirdness. Well, and, and conversely, uh, we've met the people that have been really freaking awesome. Um, I mean, so Dave Butler in the beginning, right? Um, we, we've both, we both met Dave really, really early on. And uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that as soon as we met him, we were like, oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, any project that, uh, like that this guy is appropriate for, I'd have no problem. Exactly. And also one thing you got to realize too, is even if it's a person that's not necessarily the person, uh, that you're going to work with, that person knows you and might remember the Laurel K. Hamilton thing. That's right. So one time I love Laurel. So one time Laurel was here in Utah at an, at an event and she was a guest and she was working on an anthology called Fantastic Hope. It was hopeful science fiction and fantasy stories. And uh, that's why I didn't get in. Yeah, I know really it was, it was. <laughs> I wasn't hopeful enough in my no. story. <laughs> no, but, tried. no, but what happened was I was talking to Laurel and that morning, uh, she had gotten hosed on several of the people that she had invited flaked. I mean, it was, it was a substantial number. She yeah. was tr- well and truly hosed. It was, it was bad because what happened was, um, yeah, it was just a kind of, and she was getting fairly far into the process, didn't have a lot of time left. So she had like maybe a month to get these stories in and she's like, oh, my project's in trouble. Cause I had this many people I invited just not fulfill their responsibilities. And. But her thing was, she was at this event in Utah where I know a lot of writers. And she knew none. Right. Because she's not local. Right. So this was a scene that I was at. And so I looked around and so I'm talking to her about this and I'm like, I'm like, well, that's doable. I was like, that's doable. I was like, uh, because I was already in there. I was already, I was already doing a story for her is why she was telling me about this. And so I said, well, hang on a second. I know a bunch of people. And I started looking around the room Mm -hmm. as people are walking through the room. I was like. Hey, oh, wait, wait. And I see yeah. a guy. And it's I think like, like, Pat Tracy was like, walking hey, Pat, by. Hey, Butler, get over here. Get yeah. over here. And so I would see people oh. walking by who I knew, who I respected, who I knew were professional, who I knew could produce, who I knew were, pro- because I had dealt with them and I knew their backgrounds and I knew they had a work ethic. And so when there was this crisis emergency thing and this really successful author is in a lurch, you know, we were able to fill her the rest of her anthology that afternoon. Oh, yeah. And, and the turnaround on the story, I mean, I was invited also, um, to submit, um, I didn't get in in case you, uh, in case you're all confused out there, why someone like me didn't, didn't get into an anthology called Fantastic Hope. It's because I don't do that. Read, read Servants of War and you'll understand why Steve did not get into, uh, the Fantastic Hope anthology. No. Whereas my, my story was like this happy, feel good, like uplifting, um, hitman, hitman, uh, time traveling hitman, uh. Is what it was. It was yeah. I basically wrote uh, Chris Traeger from Parks and Rec Parks and Rec as the Terminator. Is yeah. what I did, and it was fantastic. I love that story. Well, and you know, and I tried to retrofit a story I had, but even then, it was, it was, it was a pretty dark short story anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's in. I, I believe it's in my. Is it in my Hellhounds? I think it's in my Hellhounds collection. Cool. So, so I just had a short story collection come out. Like it's officially out, out Audible or not Audible, but um. 
I'm trying to record it myself for Audible. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, ebook, physical book, whatever you can get it on Amazon. Anyway, it's called what Hellhounds dream. And one of the, I, I put the story in there, but man, I just, I just don't write hopeful. But anyway, sometimes here's the point. Sometimes even good authors just aren't the right fit no. for a theme. And we'll, and we'll talk about submitting stories to an anthology as another topic later. We have that on the list. Um, but here's the cool, here's the, here's the point that, 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 that we want to make here. Those connections. Okay. At the time, Pat Tracy, right? Pat Tracy's a, a wonderful friend of the ours. The mo- single most talented author I know who's he, not big. He's not, he, he should be. It, and he's it, not. He, if, if that guy, the moment he decides to sit down and write a full form novel and put it and puts it out there, I mean, it's, it'll be, I mean, it'll be better written than just about everything. That's I'm on not the joking, guys. This dude, his brain does not work like yours. He no. is one of the best wordsmiths. Bar none, I have ever seen. Uh, I put him in the same category as Guy Gabriel K. Um, yeah, you know, very historically bent, um, able know, to put beauty, able to put beauty and and and, knew, and horror and crafts. You know who together. else is like that? Christopher Rocchio. Chris is great. Have you read his stuff? Mm-hmm. I, ju- oh, yeah, I just started the first one. My gosh, every turn of phrase. He's like Pat in that every single turn of phrase is poetry. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of me. Yeah, I'm 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 function over form. I'm what's called workmanlike prose. Yeah. So all of these people that that you meet, uh, I mean, at the time, Pat Tracy had zero credits, I think, or maybe he a couple. He did Crimson um, Pact. And he had one, he had one professional cred. Well, at he the had, time. he did Sakura. It, it, was, it was okay. So two. So he had Sakura, and then he had um, he had the story in um, Noir Fatel, which came out like right. At that same convention. Yep. Yep. So he had two professional credits to his name. Okay. And because of who he is, because we all, because we love and respect Pat, you know, we, this big, big super megastar author comes and is like, help emergency. We all say, Hey, all right. Hey, Pat, get in here. Which is how a guy with very few credits winds up in a anthology with like seven New York times bestsellers. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting. And, and, and here's what I want to point out to you guys. We've talked about going to conventions and stuff, and, and we haven't really talked about the types of panels you should go to. Um, yeah, we should probably talk about we'll, that real we'll fast. We'll talk about that really quick. But my, my point here is it's more important who you meet and how you behave at these things. Um, and, and there's a point I want to make once we start talking about panels um, that was actually made to me uh, at, at this one that I just went to, which was, eh. um, so panels, the first panels I always went to Larry were, um, it was how to plot versus, I mean, no one ever has a panel on discovery writing. They should, <laughs> they really should. Probably should actually. Yeah. Um, just, just because, or, or, a or a presentation, like for example, if you and I went to a con, uh, I think you and I should put on a presentation where it's, you talk about the outline and I talk about the discovery writing. Yeah, you know, it'd be that. it'd be great. We've done. Um, I know, as like we talk about the types of panels you go to, like the plotting ones. I like the nuts and bolts panels. Mm-hmm. I think if you're starting out, if there's a business panel, you buy all. I mean, we've done a business episode for a reason because that's oh the gosh. most neglected thing. I was on two business panels this weekend, and um, and it was funny. I ended up seeing the same people in both of them, pretty yep. much. And and the thing that came to my mind the most is you guys have a leg up, because. 
Yeah. I mean, the creativeness is all good and stuff, but you can, you can learn that. The business, if you have that nailed down from the start, you've got a leg up on everybody else. Yep. One of the things I've noticed is you can, I've been doing this long enough. I can usually pick out of the audience, the people that are like going to make it. Mm-hmm. I know this sound that sounds weird. Cause I don't know. I've never read the guy's stuff. It might be complete garbage, but I can always tell the people who actually care and are engaged and are learning Yeah. versus the ones who I'm at this thing. Cause I know everything, which is, which is, you know, that's fine too. If you actually are really, really smart and clever on your own, that's fine. I'm not saying, you know, you're bad or anything. I'm just saying I can usually pick out, especially if you've gone to, uh, you've seen the same people at a few. Mm-hmm. That said, there's also people who attend these things who will never be writers right. because they're simply kind of in love with the idea of being mm-hmm. writers as opposed to actually doing the work to be writers. And that's fine too. Everybody needs a hobby. If you... Uh, like to go to these things and just to go to these things. That's awesome. And we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who aren't writers, you yeah. know, well, that's yeah. awesome. But also don't, my only problem with those people is if you're going to be going to all these cons, um, don't present yourself as something you're not. The problem I see is a lot of people who haven't done anything. They start present because they've gone to these things so much. They start presenting themselves as if they are in a Authorities. position to give advice yeah. and, and they're just dilettantes. And so it doesn't really work. Yeah. And, and we've, we've been on, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a, in a future one where we talk about attending cons as a professional now. Yeah. The differences, how you deal with those sorts of people. But yeah. And I could tell some soul, I as, could tell some crazy stories. As can I. Um, now, <clears throat> so there, there's a lot of the basic ones. I found the, to me, I personally, and, and, you know, look, the listeners out there, they might find this to each their own. There's no one way. Um, but the, the writing fantasy, like an hour long panel of that, you're, you're not, yeah. I don't know that you're going to get a lot out of that. Well, the problem with a lot of those is a lot of panels tend to go very academic as opposed to nuts and bolts. And yep. so this is uh, something I know you're going to bring up in a second about, but look at who's on the panel yep. because a lot of times you, these authors will, especially if you got authors who aren't really authors as much as they're academics, they're professors who've written like a book. And they'll get up there and they'll spend the first 30 minutes of this panel defining the genre. Oh my gosh, kill me now. That is the worst thing ever. What a waste of time. I mean, gosh, we we talked about this in our genre blending that that the only time you really need to care about about that is from a marketing standpoint. It's talking about, okay, where is this going to get shelved or who can I pitch this to? Or we've pointed out too, it's like the other one... um, on the really, on the really bad writing advice kind of thing is, uh-huh. is when people start talking about the rules. If you're on a panel and there's that one guy who starts talking about the rules and you can only do things this way, this has been decreed by so, no, okay. So tune that guy out, you know, take that advice for what it's worth. Rules, um, are, you know, we've talked about this before on the show a lot. The only rules are don't make it suck and the readers li- need to like it. And if yeah. your readers like it, then it's okay. Now what I found um, and, 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 okay, this con I was at, I started noticing something. I ended up, I was only scheduled for, I think, four or five panels. I ended up on like seven or eight because that's what happens. Steve always gets drafted to moderate. I always get drafted. Um, I only had to moderate one panel this time. Oh, wow. And it was because our, um, our, our, the guy letting us use the studio, Craig, um, it was a panel about infusing like music and lyricism into your, into your writing. But I mean, Craig's a professional musician, freaking rad. And they, they had him moderating it. What a waste. And so Craig, Craig approached me. He's like, Steve, I, I hate to do this, but can, can you come and like pitch hit 
moderate for me so that I can actually like talk with authority on this thing. Cause you, here, here's what you got to understand when you're attending, generally there's a bunch of panelists and there's one person who's the moderator. If the, if you go to the panel and the person doing the moderating is doing all the talking, you're in the wrong place. That's a bad panel, you know, flee for your life. Generally the moderator is there just to ask insightful questions uh, and, and cut people off when they start going long-winded. So anyway, Craig is that, Craig has that opinion. I have that opinion. You know, I know you do too, Larry. So Craig said, Hey, can you step in and do this? So I can actually talk about the, the topic. And I was like, yeah, that's no problem. I'm like, I don't know anything about music. So this is perfect. I'll just ask you questions of things I want to understand. Turned out to be an, a wonderful panel because Craig was amazing. Um, I, I think we might have to have him on the show to talk about this specific topic because some of the stuff he said, dude, I have never in my life seen people just get it, what he said. So I'm hard. musically illiterate too, so I think that'd be Dude, awesome. It was freaking rad. Yeah, let's let's do um, that. Anywho, my point is, uh, I, I was only I only had to moderate one panel, which is a change for me. Usually, I'm moderating like ten. Um, but I started noticing that from panel to panel, I would look out in the audience and I would see the same people, which in some ways, it's good. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. These, these apparently, these people have the same interests I do, um, which is not really the case. Um, or my other thought was, well, I mean, I must not suck too bad. Um, or, uh, and then, and then the real thing hit me. I'm like, oh crap. Now I, I can't use the same jokes in this panel now. <laughs> I can't tell the same stories because these people have already heard it. Um, and this, and, and I, and I made the comment um, to, to one of our, our mutual writer friends, uh, her name's Christine. She's, she's taught, she's taught, um, martial arts. She's, she's taught action classes and st- write action classes. Um, she's ghostwritten for, for some massive, massive, massive romance authors, stuff like that. She's, she's awesome. She says, oh, well, yeah, well, that's pretty normal. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, when people, if, if people are smart, when they go to conventions, they don't go to topic to topic that they like. They go from author to author that they like. They find someone who says consistently intelligent things that resonate with them, and you just follow those authors around. And, I, and, I, and when she said that to me, I thought, dang, that's some freaking good advice for newbies. It really is. I mean, I mean, shoot. I, I, I mean, back in ye olden times when, when I was a nothing um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit above that now. Just be there. I think I'm like an H-list author at this point. Larry. <laughs> we should read that on the I air know. one day. Um, and, and you, I think, had a handful of books out at the time. Um, and I would go to convention. I mean, we've said we go to the same conventions. And I would follow Larry around um, from, from panel to panel because I knew that no matter what he was talking about, I would get something out of it. That's one of the reasons we decided to start this show was because uh, over the years, I found that a lot of people do follow me from mm-hmm. from regardless of what the topic is, they would be like, what's Larry presenting on? And they would come because they knew, because we'll talk about this as we'll do a part two of this, but when you're a professional, some professionals are a little more rambly than others and yeah. some are a little more pragmatic than others. That's right. So I, I hope everybody, what you see here is one, there's, there's no, like we say with everything, there's no one right way to attend conventions. Um, my advice is attend maybe a little bit smaller one first, get your feet wet, but Go there, go to whatever your local convention is, 
um, look at the schedule, see who the cool guests are, start attending some of the panels on the first day, and find out whose views really resonate with you. And then start signing up for their coffee clutches. Um, you know, go buy them lunch or something. Uh, you know, offer to bring them a drink when they're on a panel, whatever. Um, you're going to make some great, great connections. And the great thing is when you start doing that, you're going to find other people who are doing that same thing as you. Find them. Those people are going to become your professional peers. And they're going to become your friends in the, in the genre. I mean, shoot, that's how, that's how Larry and I really became friends was because of this. Um, and, and now look at us. Now we sit in really small rooms recording things while drinking soda and eating hamburgers. Well, that's it from the Rider Dojo. Um, we hope you all like this episode. And again, if you got any questions, shoot them our way. Take it easy, guys. Rider Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Nivo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. Uh, once again, don't be the weird pushy stalker. <laughs>